0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Jennifer Morrison. Jen has over 11 years of experience as an educator and has received her Masters of Educational Leadership from High Tech High Graduate School of Education in San Diego, California. Jen possesses extensive experience in project-based and experiential learning and design thinking. Jen spent many years teaching middle and high school students which provided her with a foundational love of learning and a passion for exploration and personal growth. Lead, learning designer, and strategist with Inception U, Jen provides valued leadership, guidance, meaningful connections, and an engaging learning environment. You know you're on to something when you accidentally become a CEO. Join Jen Morrison for her thought-provoking chat with Rebecca Kirsten Resch. Take it away, Jen.
1: Hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas Podcast supported by Rainforest Alberta. My name is Jen Morrison, and I'm the lead learning designer and strategist at Inception U. Really excited today to host Rebecca Kirstein Resch, who is the founder and CEO of Inkly, an inclusive knowledge sharing platform focused on building purposeful, professional communities through connections, learning, and impact. Something that's really cool about Rebecca is that she's an accidental tech CEO who's on a mission to ensure that everyone has access to opportunities for meaningful work and fulfilling lives. She's done a lot in her professional career, and we're going to dig into all of that. But first, just want to welcome Rebecca to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jen. I'm happy to be here. That's amazing to to have you. And I'm excited for our audience to hear about not just your story, but this incredible platform that you're building with Inkly and the impact that it is already having and will continue to have. But before we get started there, I just want you to tell us a little bit about who you were as a kid. I think it's really fun, you know, to hear about how those who love you the most would describe you. So, you know, think about think about the people that knew you the best when you were little and how would they have
2: described you when you were a kid. This is a pretty easy one to answer because I don't really think it's much different than they would describe me today. I was one of those like very obvious kids. It was like, oh, she's going to do something involving a lot of talking in her future. (laughs) And so I think the way that that people who love me most would have described me as a kid is being like really outgoing and wanting to chat with everybody. Like I just was so curious and I wanted to know everybody and I wanted to know what they were doing and who they were and where they came from. And I was just really, really curious. And I don't think that's changed very much.
1: I definitely would describe you as a curious person. Was there like an age that you started to realize like areas of interest or things that you really love to do? I mean, being curious is innately a part of who you are, but were there things, especially in junior high, maybe that you started to notice that you were particularly curious about?
2: Totally. I was really curious about how I could like so, like solve problems. like I was like I, I would find things that were like I was entrepreneurial from a young age, but I didn't know it. I was just kind of I wasn't surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs and I didn't really know that I sort of had that propensity, I guess. but yeah, I would see like oh like I, I was a really avid Archie comic collector in my young years. I was obsessed with Archie comics and so I amassed like this huge collection. And then I had other people wanting to borrow them from me and I didn't really want to lend them out cause I wouldn't get them back. So I started this like Archie comic rental service, and, like things like that, where I would literally like, I'd have late fees, like a library kind of scenario. And I'd go around and like collect it from like people's parents at like the end of year like ceremonies and stuff, because people owed me money. I was like a bit of a bookie. <laughs> so there's things like that where I, you know, I was, I had a strength in Sort of just seeing a problem and looking for a solution for it and, and really like convening people too. I was really interested in like, you know, finding people who had similar interests and bringing them together. And, and that's no different today either. <laughs>
1: funny you know I've talked to a lot of founders of of tech startups who were sort of running this like side business out of their locker at school so like I I've spoke to people who would like sell pop or you know and you like here you were like hustling Archie comics so you know <laughs> who would have guessed but I think I, I do think it's really interesting how you know people that have that naturally innate curiosity and entrepreneurial spirit it it starts early, right? And as you said, wanting to dig into and solve problems. So on that note, what I'd love to provide the audience with some context of is your professional journey. And what is so fascinating um, about you for me as a friend and also as a colleague is your background is really diverse and you've been involved in a lot of different areas. I know that you've worked in some pretty significant nonprofit, you know, areas of business, you were involved in real estate, which I actually just found about recently. And you met Ken Robinson. So, as an educator, I'm sort of fangirling here, but I'm wondering if you can, you know, share a little bit about your professional journey. You know, after you finished high school, what did that look like? And um, and as you're talking about that, could you maybe highlight some key learnings along the way that have been significant for you?
2: Yeah, I I think I, like many people, I didn't really find my way in education towards like, what am I going to do in the world? Who am I going to be in the world? And so, you know, I would say that in many ways, my education environment kind of lacked in that, um, helping me figure that out. And I think that's true for for a lot of people. And so which, you know, not surprisingly led me to the work that I do today, but because I was entrepreneurial and because I was social, you know, I tended to, to, to lean towards things that, that capitalized on those strengths ultimately, because I was always looking for a good time. I was like, where is it, where is it fun to be? And so, you know, I, I was artistic and creative. I got into photography when I was in high school and ultimately that was my first business was, you know, becoming a professional photographer, you know, doing that training, realizing really early on, I had a government job and I am the worst government worker. I'm really the worst employee in general to have in a, in a team because it's like, I always want to do things differently and I don't want to follow the rules. And, and so I was a terrible government employee and I went back to school and, and in when I was like 19 and became a professional photographer and ultimately ran a professional photography studio with my best friend, Anna McKenzie, who was, who was my partner in that business. And I think that was like a key learning for me there was I've always partnered with people who have different strengths than I do. And I think I was, I not so consciously chose that when I was young, but now I very consciously choose partnerships with people who have very different strengths than I do. And that works really, really well. It means you also have to have a high degree of emotional intelligence and and communication skills because Different people operate differently. <laughs> so I think, I don't think I knew any of that. Like looking back, I see that now that some of those key learnings was no matter what business I was in, it was always about partnerships and partnerships are always about compromise and, and learning and understanding each other. Um, and I've, as a result, been able to work with some of the best people, including you, Jen, <laughs> that I, that I get to call a friend because I've learned, I've met them through work and as a result got to develop a really great relationship with a lot of different kinds of humans that have taught me a lot about myself. And ultimately I've learned so much about, about business and about partnerships and about solving problems from partnering with people who are nothing like me and ultimately getting to develop, you know, some really great relationships with people that as a result have taught me so much because they aren't like me. And I think it's really improved my own abilities, but ultimately my ability to work with other people, which at the end of the day is everything. I think that's the the future skills that we're all talking about are all about those competencies that are about being human together and respecting each other's diversity and and ultimately coming together to build great things isn't isn't something that i take lightly and i think it's it's a it's a real skill that i am constantly honing and will never be great at but will always strive to improve so
1: okay so i love everything that you're talking about so you you're talking about this big part of you that is rooted in curiosity and then the photography work and recognizing and partnering with people who have different strengths in yours to to create great products and experiences. But what I want you to tell me more about here too is I know that you have quite an extensive background in the, the nonprofit sector. And I'm wondering because, you know, earlier you were talking about you know, wanting to solve problems and finding yourself being drawn to those areas. So tell me about your experience in the nonprofit areas and then what you started to notice in terms of challenges or problems that started to pull you in the direction of of Inkly. We'll talk about the creation of Inkly, but can you talk about that, that problem piece that you started to notice with your work in the nonprofit?
2: Mm -hmm. Actually, the first not-for-profit, um, I ever started was when I was doing photography and it was called portraits for the people. And we partnered with a local not-for-profit and, and ultimately the, the whole point was I saw this real gap in families, immigrant and refugee families, you know, women escaping violence and, you know, all these different amazing human beings and families that were ultimately like redefined by something traumatic in many cases and they had these sort of like new new forms to their family and and so I just saw a gap in in some of that work where we could fill it by providing free family portraits and and we would do that several days a year and we would have this big event in the park and and provide these free family portraits for families who were kind of redefining what their family was and the shape that it took and and it was really impactful for people and it really was really impactful for me just being able to give that gift to people that was about so much more than a photograph and and that's what really sort of sparked me into that not for profit space of how can i use the skills that i have to solve problems that ultimately are far bigger than me but that you know make people's lives better and i think that was the real start of it for me where feeling that and experiencing that sense of meaning and purpose in photography in a new way. But, you know, I'd done baby portraits and weddings and commercial photography and all these different things, but there was nothing more rewarding than that for me. And so I think that's what ultimately, you know, many years later led me to forming Rethink Thinking, which is, which is the not-for-profit that ultimately informs today the work that I do with. And so, yeah, I can tell you more about that too, if you want.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. No, thank you for that. I I just think it's always so fascinating to hear about the journey that people take. I mean, it's not a straight line, that's for sure. And I think for anyone that's listening, there's got to be relatability to parts of your story. And I think it's just so important to continually be putting that message out there that, you know, founders of companies or anybody who is driving significant change had different points along the journey that impacted how they're thinking about something or what they're interested in and who they want to work with. So I don't know. It's just so cool to hear about the pathway, you know, that you took to to where you are now. So let's talk about Inkly specifically and what were the seeds of the idea for you? Because you're clearly someone that is passionate about inclusivity and valuing diversity. And you know, you were talking about. Um, This gap of accessibility and your work with portraits for the people and like that is so innately part of who you are. So can you tell me about the seeds that started to be planted with Inkly and how did that happen because I mean you're the first person to say you're an accidental founder of a tech company. So share, share about, you know, the creation of Inkly and where that started.
2: Yeah, I definitely never set out, you know, I never woke up one day and said, I'm going to be the CEO of a tech company. And that's my, that's my next. So definitely got here accidentally, but the work with Rethink Thinking was very intentional in that, you know, at the time when I started Rethink Thinking, my daughter was 13 and just, you know, kind of going into high school and I was looking at different education environments for her. She wasn't particularly healthy at the time. You know, she'd been diagnosed with a chronic illness and, and just how that Im- impacted her education journey. And really looking back on my own experience with education and wanting her to have something that was much more driven by her own inquiry. And so, you know, was doing a lot of homework around different types of schools and education environments. I, just kind of by happenstance, met Jeff Hopkins, who is the founder and principal educator at the Pacific School of Innovation and Inquiry. And it was through that, you know, I I met him, I learned more about the inquiry-based learning model and personalized learning. And I had always been a nerd when it came to learning and, you know, brain function and psychology and like all the, you know, and I had a kid and that just made that worse because I was like, how do I raise a great human and help support who they are and their diversity and, you know, all of those things. And it just, really opened up that whole world for me of of understanding what motivates human beings to learn, how human beings learn, how different we all are, but also some of those patterns and similarities that, you know, inquiry-based learning really addresses and that, you know, we are all innately curious and and how that can can ultimately drive really engaging learning paths. And so that was really the the beginning of the rabbit hole for me, was working with Jeff and, and learning more about the model and mentoring students at the school who were interested in entrepreneurship. Ultimately, my daughter ended up being a student there. And I kind of just, you know, went to Jeff one day and said, you know, this is crazy that only 85 kids a year have this kind of opportunity to go to a school like like Sci. and And my daughter had been a student there at the time, so you know, really, it was the concept that was where the concept for Rethink Thinking was born, which was really learning-based events for youth, meeting them wherever they are, wherever they are on their learning journey. And ultimately, running these events was what led to at the, at the events we had what we call the Human Library. And the human library was really the beginning of the genesis of the idea for Inkley, because to this day, I have students that were involved in the human library. And, you know, I was a, you know, quote unquote book in the human library, as were many, many other people from very diverse backgrounds. And that was the thing that stood out the most to youth that came to these events, this opportunity to connect with people in industry and with varied backgrounds and experiences to help them make their ideas real in the world to help them be innovators and entrepreneurs and 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 that took a variety of different forms and it was a really incredible experience for me because i just saw so clearly how technology could help to sort of create a more equitable environment because at the time it became so obvious to me that your postal code and who your parents are and where you go to school determines your access to opportunities in so many ways and how inequitable that is and how technology could be a catalyst for, for solving that challenge. And that was really the genesis of, of Inkly and, and the rabbit hole continued from there. <laughs> oh my God. Well,
1: it's a huge rabbit hole at this point now, but that's so cool and very important. Um, I think to really sit with for a moment is to really consider that idea of access. You know, to mentorship and resources and connections, and that that is at the root of of what Inkly is about and what the impact is that you know you're you're building with with this amazing company. So, on that note, I know that you you've mentioned to me before that we need to rethink or redefine what work actually means. So, with that as sort of a provocation. Talk me through how you got started. Like how did you start building this tech company that, you know, was clearly brand new to you, this world? But if you could sort of merge those two together, this idea of like thinking differently about what work actually means. And then how did you get started in, in creating Inkly as a as a technical product?
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a a wild and wacky journey that follows all kinds of threads, but really it was it was that concept of like, ultimately how young people make decisions about their career and their path and the learning that takes them down that road. And because of the time in which I was born and my daughter was born um, and really just starting to see that shift of that divide between you know boomers and gen x's and and millennials and gen z's and and this shift from the you know what i call the digital natives that are youth right and so we we go from this like analog way of being to this digital way of being and and how much that's impacted work and so looking back now from many years later i can see how absolutely critical that was to my thinking about about inkly was how could we use technology that when we had these entire generations of people who are so comfortable with technology. And I, to this day have, have youth that from those events who are now in their twenties, who you know, are texting me and sending me Instagram messages and asking me questions and asking me for resources and connections. Um, and it's incredibly rewarding and also incredibly easy for me to help them in that way. And that was a big part of, of thinking about Inkly in terms of technology, but also thinking about redefining work and you know, we've got all of these ways in which work is changing and shifting in the world and has been for a long time. But I think the pandemic really sped that up in, in so many different ways. Um, not only people thinking about work differently, but thinking about life differently. And so I think we, we kind of shifted from this mentality that like millennials were like really entitled and they didn't want to work hard. and You know, this kind of belief about that whole generation of people who actually, like any other human beings, very deeply want to connect to a sense of meaning and purpose at work. So it's not that they don't want to work hard. It's that they actually want their work to mean something. And the way in which we've designed, quote unquote, jobs is just completely not aligned with not only their way of thinking about work, but also their way of living in the world and being open to traveling and remote work and and uh, you know being geographically dispersed and not having to be in one location at a certain time of day to do their job, depending, of course, I'm you know very heavily leaning on knowledge work in this narrative, but it really changed the way I thought about work. It changed the way I thought about generations and their approach to work. and so when when it came to looking at how we could use technology to solve this challenge, I not only had to understand that, understand those shifts between the generations, but really look at how we could solve this challenge by connecting people across those divides, across generations, across geographics, you know, really looking at what is a diverse and inclusive world of work look like, and how do we connect people across these divides? And and all of that came into play. I mean, that's a there's a lot in that. And that's, that's over many, many years of like research and learning and testing. And, you know, ultimately talking to a lot of people from the classroom to the boardroom and back again, and really understanding this problem from the lens of so many different stakeholders.
1: Um, I I think it's important to understand the context of time here as well, too. So when did you start kind of moving the idea of Inkly forward? Like, how long ago was that? I don't even how many years ago was that now?
2: <laughs> Scary to think about it, but yeah, that was that really began after like rethink thinking began in 2016 and we had our second annual event with hundreds of youth in in 2018 and it was really after that that it was so obvious to me that this kept come this theme kept coming up again and again of young people Yes, they wanted to attend events and, and, you know, have these immersive learning experiences that were driven by their own inquiry. But what they really wanted was a place to inquire where it was safe and they could connect to people with a variety of different experiences. And that's where that human library was so powerful and where I just saw that continuing in my own life, where I was supporting youth in that way. Like I just this morning was messaging with one of the young women who was at those events, who is now in her 20s and still, you know, reaching out to me for career advice Um, And it was just so easy for me. It was like, there's this idea of like mentorship and knowledge sharing and like all the programs that we associate with that, that that create a lot of barriers for people on on all sides of that equation that if I have to make a commitment to an hour a week or an hour a month or a program that looks like this, um, so many people can't do that or won't do that. And so it was really looking at how technology could support all people in a way that was really accessible, like when I need it just in time learning and connecting to people from diverse perspectives so that you aren't just going to the same mentor over and over and over again with your questions that that diversity of thought and experience on the same question was so powerful. And it was powerful for me with my own mentors. And so I was seeing that from a youth lens. And, and really that's where where Inkly began and where I started searching for someone with a strong technology background. And that's where the story really gets interesting.
1: All right. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of that. And I'm giggling because I know I know about this. But so you met someone that has obviously become a key component of Inkly and also in your life. So do you want to tell me and our audience about Sven and the role that he's played in continuing to move Inkly forward from the tech side?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it became very clear that I needed somebody with far more expertise and experience in not just building technology, but building teams of people to build technology. Because when I surveyed the landscape of what was available out there, it was very clear that there was no out of the box technology that was going to be able to solve this problem at scale and sustainably. And not just the technology itself, the business model, like all of it. It was, it was far bigger than me. And so ultimately, I always I, I love this this part of the story because I always um, say to people that like when you are on a path that is purposeful and meaningful in your work and in your life, it will bring you to the people that are, are your people you know, and this, that could not be more true about this work for me. But in this case, it led me to Sven, who is not only our CTO at Inkley, but also my husband as of 2020, as you well know. And, uh, you know, we're an incredible partnership in business, but also in life. And uh, and he was really the person that was introduced to me again through my network. And, and he really not only had the skills and experience, but he, he got it. He got it right away. He understood the problem we were trying to solve because he'd ex- experienced it himself and he'd watched his own kids experience it. And and yeah, ultimately we have been the weirdest couple on the planet that has started a relationship and a startup all at the same time and, you know, throw a pandemic in there and it just doesn't get any weirder. But here we are four years later, still going strong. And yeah, inkley would not not exist without Sven.
1: Oh my gosh! well, I wouldn't call you guys a weird couple. I adore the both of you. I think you're just so amazing and wonderful humans and it's such an honor to have you in my life and I love that you're talking about you know when you're on the right path. it's so hard, especially along the journey because Sometimes I just want to shake like a crystal ball and be like, please just tell me that this is the right direction, or please just tell me that this is the right choice. But there is something there's something about the element of trust along the way. Like, did you, did you feel that, you know, I mean, cause being an entrepreneur and starting a company, especially in your case, a tech startup, that <laughs> you know, you didn't anticipate, but I'm curious about how trust played a role in that as well too. What comes, what comes to mind for you
2: with that? Yeah. I mean, it's quite honestly, I'm a huge believer that like, that's really trust is at the core of everything, whether it's trust in yourself or trust in others. And ultimately in a business context, it's everything, whether it's, you know, partnerships and, or founders or customers or, you know, i look at everything as as relationships and at the core of every relationship is trust that's ultimately what what creates a sense of of being safety in in relationships that make it possible to do our best work and so when I think about that in terms of our team, you know, I have such trust in the people that I've surrounded myself with, not just our core team of, you know, people who work with Inc, but all of the partnerships and advisors and investors and, and customers and and people who have helped steward this vision to life. Trust is everything because it's like it started out as my baby and my vision, but it would never be what it is today without all the amazing people who not only trusted, me, but that I very deeply trusted with something that is, yeah, that it has, you know, that my heart is so deeply attached to is this isn't a business to me. This is, you know, a change I want to make in the world. And, and ultimately what I want to leave behind that hopefully helps people's lives be better.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. So on that note of, of impact and partnerships and relationships, Since I've known you, it's been really fascinating to see not just how Inkly is growing and how, you know, the platform is changing and evolving and, you know, especially with the growth of enterprise clients and bringing those on board. But let's talk about um, the Rainforest Partnership right now, because I think that's a really exciting you know, relationship to talk about in the context of the innovation sector. So do you want to share a little bit about how this has come a, about and what's happening right now between Rainforest Alberta and
2: Inkley? Yeah, I'm really excited about, you know, first and foremost, um, Rainforest has always been close to my heart and and something that you know, I mean, I, I read the book way back when before I ever found Rainforest Alberta and it deeply resonated with me and the idea of social contracts and why that's important and, and, and just all the ethos of, of Rainforest, you know, really resonated with me. And so now having Rainforest, you know, ultimately be one of Inkley's first customers and, and really, you know, even the, even the word customer is weird to me because I think they're so much more of a, of a partner. But what's so powerful about this to me is that. Rainforest is looking so differently at what innovation means and looks like and how we support a community of of innovators. And I think Alberta is doing that in, in a lot of big ways, but specifically rainforest, Alberta and how we can better connect our entire ecosystem and make it a space that is accessible to all has always been the goal. And so Rainforest and Inkly are such a match made in so many ways that is, uh, it's just, I, I love that this is coming together in the way that it is, because I, it feels, it feels very meant to be to me. And Rainforest is about so much more than, you know, an early Inkly customer. It's a community of people who want to steward visions like Inkly into reality and be a part of the building and the creation and the iteration of it. You know, we are we are still a young technology company. We are still a new technology platform. Um, we have lots more to do. I'm so proud of what we've built and I'm so excited to to bring it to the rainforest community. And there's so much more to do. And I think Rainforest is the perfect example. As a type of community that will just help Inkly be better and that dynamic of, of better together and, and the support that, that Rainforest has given us and will give us moving forward and, and right back at the, the community, you know, how we bring us all together. That's really what Inkly is designed for. Um, and how we help people have equitable access to the tools and support and connections and people they need to get where they're going next. And, and I just, I'm so excited about it. And yeah, it's, it's happening as we speak. So it's, uh, it's early days and it's, uh, it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess to, to all of you listening, stay tuned, because there's definitely going to be some exciting announcements with with Inkley and Rainforest coming soon. Earlier, Rebecca, when we were chatting before we started recording, you said something along the lines of the opportunities that exist in innovation ecosystems. And I guess you were sort of just touching on that. But, you know, you were talking about how it's you know, innovation ecosystems are hard to navigate on your own. Do you want to just talk a little bit more about that? I mean, that's that's part of the relationship with rainforests that Inkly is, is forming, but I just think that's something I want to hear you talk a little bit more about because, you know, existing on your own in an innov- innovation
2: ecosystem doesn't feel good. Build- Feel good. It's really hard. Do you want to share some thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. This is a topic I'm super passionate about, and why I'm so excited about Rainforest and, and the partnership is that it is incredibly difficult to navigate um, anything on your own, let alone a startup or a big vision of the future, or even just your own career path. You know, whatever it may be, whether you're a student you know joining the community for the first time a newcomer to Alberta or you've been around in the tech industry for 50 years and you want to help support you know the next generation it really doesn't matter how you're a part of the of the community i think there's just so many ways in which we can provide better access so that wherever you come into the community, you're driven by your own interests and inquiry and needs and opportunities that you're looking for. And I just think that's always been missing from all of the innovation ecosystems is the ability to navigate those systems and all of the rich resources and connections that are there for you based on what you need and when you need it. And that is a huge gap that I think The whole world has had, not just Alberta or anywhere else. And and I really see Inkly being able to change that. And so it's really exciting to me to, you know, create those kinds of tools and resources that are actually helping people navigate that journey on their own. And I've navigated it myself as an entrepreneur and what I needed in my business and in my life last year or last week or five years ago, you know, or at the very beginning has, it's changed and evolved daily. And so if we don't have space and that's no different at work or, or in school or anywhere else is as human beings, our needs and our questions and what we're considering and what we're wondering about and, and the dots that we need to connect, they're just changing all the time. And there's just no way you could ever possibly keep up with that from the lens of, you know, education or business, or, you know, it really has to be an individual journey but within the context of a community. And so how do we navigate that? How do we build the tools to navigate that? And I really think that's what that's what Inkly is doing. That's what we're going to continue to do is to put those tools in the hands of every individual, whether you are in a workplace community or in a larger innovation community or city or or country, that ability to just have it in your hands and be able to ask the questions that, are, that you have in a safe space to do so and make those connections to people and to opportunities and to knowledge that, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And the discoverability of what's possible is really something technology can dramatically improve and augment. And that's what's really exciting is it's it's the human element that's so powerful, but technology is what augments that.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting to think about, like when you were talking about even the questions I was asking last week are different than the questions I'm asking now. And it's so interesting to think about, you know, the innovation ecosystem as a whole and bring the impact that all of us want to have within that system and that there's not one pathway to do that. And recognizing that we are constantly iterating and changing and evolving ourselves. And so having that safe space to number one, be constantly learning ourselves and number two, being able to give back and support the system in regenerative ways, I think is really powerful. So on that note of like learning, like you are someone who is obviously curious, meaning like you're always wanting to learn. But you know, you and Sven and Inkly, I guess as a whole, have been involved in some really exciting learning opportunities lately that I would love for you to to talk about. One of those being the TELUS community safety and Wellness Accelerator. So I'd love to hear about that. And the Creative Destruction Lab, which, you know, I got to experience because you were here in Calgary recently and stayed with, you know, well, with me for a day and then in my building for a couple of days. But I got to experience that in a way, sort of with with you and Sven. But can you talk about those, I think, key learnings that you guys are experiencing right now with the business with Inkly? Tell me about that. Sorry, rambling a bit,
2: but yes, tell me about that. And this is actually, I mean, it just feeds back into the conversation that we're having because those are opportunities that came to me through our innovation ecosystem and you know ultimately the telus community safety and wellness accelerator was actually a chief maji of scale good who i had connected with as an investor who was like hey you guys should apply for this and i was like i didn't know about that and again this is where people connect you to opportunities and so that happened to be you know person to person and, and that could happen through Inkly and, 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 that is exactly what Inkly is for is that I didn't know about that opportunity. I didn't know that it was aligned to me or that it even existed until somebody told me about it. And ultimately I applied and, you know, we got in and it's been an incredible learning experience and an incredible connection with other founders, you know, who are really doing amazing things in the social impact space. Um, And it was, again, a a really incredible opportunity available to me through our innovation community. And it was a person who connected me to it. And so that is the piece of the puzzle that I think is so important that Inkly addresses is that it is people to people that make these connections. And we can have all the great opportunities and programs in the world. But if there are hundreds and thousands of different opportunities for mentorship, for learning, for funding, for you know accelerators, et cetera, how do we find them and how do we find what we need at the right time in the right place? And I think Creative Destruction Labs was ultimately the same. I'd had several investors and other founders who had gone through Creative Destruction Labs. Um, who kept telling me that this was a good place for Inkly to be. And same thing, you know, discovered it and, and it was actually Ray Muzica, who's another, <laughs> another investor in the and, and founder himself in the Alberta innovation ecosystem, who said, hey, you know, you might want to check this out. This might be a good fit for you. And you know, here we are many years later in the program and now moving on to the next round and connecting with some amazing investors who stepped up to, to mentor us. And all of these opportunities for Inkly are opportunities that exist for so many others out there. And, and my fear is, and what drives me to, to do this every day, is that people won't find those opportunities because they don't have the quote-unquote right network. And when you make that network accessible to everyone so many more people will find these opportunities. And I'm incredibly grateful for the experiences we've had. And I just, that's what gets me up every day and doing this work is that It is absolutely critical that those opportunities are equally accessible to everyone. And that's the missing piece right now is that, you know, I had to know those people. I had to be having those conversations with those people to find those opportunities. And those very same questions I was asking and very same conversations I was having could be happening digitally, regardless of where I am in the world. So I'm super excited about the ability to connect people to more opportunities.
1: Oh, absolutely. So specifically about the creative destruction lab, like I love that the word destruction is in the is in the name because I, I remember you were telling me, like you know, wish us luck. <laughs> we're going to be kind of ripped apart, not in a like, you know. But but the intention is to peel back the layers, and those, there's a lot of unlearning and pulling pieces back, and then putting things back together. Do you want to just? talk a little bit about the unlearning that's happened so far since that first experience with the creative destruction lab like I know that there's more sessions but I'm curious what what was that for you you and Sven I guess in that in that first session beginning of November I think
2: yeah I think I think for both of us it's just again such an opportunity to have diverse perspectives and so everyone who's involved you know as a mentor with creative destruction labs is you know has has gone before us and 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 done things in different industries and and you know had their own slew of successes and failures and all the learning that that happens as a result and it's a really it's i think one of the most interesting formats for an accelerator that exists because it is um i think you have to be prepared for it because it is, you know, a really deep look at your company from many different angles and you have to want that <laughs> and you have to be open to the learning and the feedback and you know if you are a startup and you are putting yourself in that environment and if you're a startup and you think you know all the answers and you've got everything figured out, you should probably just pack up now <laughs> and go home anyway because i think the whole point is is that the learning never ends and the perspective is so valuable. And I think that's really what I took away from creative destruction labs is, you know, even if somebody gives you feedback that you don't particularly like or agree with, or it's negative or, you know, however you might perceive it, there's learning in all of that. And I think being, having your business looked at really critically from many different perspectives of people who have gone and built, you know, they have their hashtag is build something massive, you know, so these are people who've gone and built something massive. So There's so much opportunity to learn in that. And I think that's part of learning and part of Inkly and part of Rainforest is the vulnerability to say, I don't have all the answers. In fact, I have a lot of questions. And I think the more and more you step into leadership roles, the more and more uncertainty there is. And therefore, the more questions you have. And so I think that's really one of the barriers that Inkley is trying to dismantle that I actually think is really aligned with with Creative Destruction Labs. You know, I always say leaders have all the questions, not leaders have all the answers. <laughs> and I think that's really true, is that what really, why anyone can step into a leadership role and why leadership is so, I think, misunderstood in many ways is this idea that, leaders have all the answers. And really, in my experience, leaders are people who really ask great questions and continue being curious and inquiring and involving others in the conversation and looking for diverse perspectives. And that's really what Creative Destruction Labs is all about. And it's what Inkley is all about. And so I think that's just, a, it was a really powerful experience for us. And I would recommend it to, to anyone. And uh, yeah, we, we still have, you know, most of the journey ahead of us to unfold. So I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Oh, I can't wait to, to hear all about it as you, as you go along. I have a couple of, of final questions, I guess, to, to ask you, but where is Inkling now? I mean, I know that this partnership with Rainforest Alberta is, is coming along and, you know, but what, what's coming down the pipeline, I guess, for the business and, and for, for your team? Love to hear a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We are very, very focused on, you know, so our early customers and really learning from from those experiences. Um, and as you know, Inkly was ultimately designed to solve this very real social problem of equitable access by connecting folks outside of enterprise to the employees inside of enterprise through skills-based volunteerism and ultimately supporting enterprises to deliver on ESG initiatives, but also engage employees in, in their social purpose and, and connecting them to their external stakeholders who are ultimately customers, future talent, a future talent pipeline. And so that's really where we started and then discovered this internal use case for Inkly where enterprise customers were pointing out that this same access needs to exist internally in organizations, that the ability to ask questions and be matched and connected to people and to opportunities and to resources um, is really lacking internally in organizations as well. And so it was a real non-intentional, but obvious match when we discovered this opportunity to serve innovation communities, because that wasn't ultimately what we set out to do, but it's the same problem and uh, and another use case for Inkly. So it's really exciting because we are seeing traction in these different areas. And, and ultimately, you know, we, we were designed to serve large enterprises to, to attract and engage and retain their people by connecting them to not only social purpose, but their own purpose and their own ability to make an impact in their organization and support their coworkers and make those connections across what is becoming increasingly geographically dispersed and diverse teams of people who ultimately need to connect to each other in really inclusive ways and and share knowledge. The core functionality of Inkly doesn't change across the board in all of these use cases. And so we're in some pretty big conversations with large enterprises looking at rolling out Inkly in in the new year. And we'll be able to talk about some of those things very, very soon. And in the meantime, we're really focused on, on innovation communities as well, because this same opportunity that exists in Alberta to create that connectivity exists in every province across our country and beyond our country. And it's really something we're seeing is very timely as we're going through, you know, all of these, it's got a new title every day, great resignations and quiet quitting and, you know, the war for talent. And, you know, really it's about how do we support people to get into meaningful employment that is, you know, sustaining the life they want to have, but ultimately fulfilling them as human beings, which is what best serves the business and ultimately the planet, and that's really what what is all about. So as we embark on the next stage of this journey, we're really excited about about rolling out with some of our some of our big early customers and and just continuing to learn about how we can help support their employees. Gosh, I I, I can feel my heart just being pulled towards you, and it's it's really. Every
1: time that I get to have a conversation with you as a friend or if we're talking business, I'm always inspired. And I think that feeling of, you know, feeling connected and feeling a sense of purpose and a pull, I think is so important for us to pay attention to, especially within our bodies, right? That idea of the extended mind. And so your points about the fact that we're people, you know, regardless of role, regardless of position, company, we're people we're humans right and so that human connection and that curiosity and you know drive to have not just meaningful work but like impact is just so amazing to hear and i'm so grateful that i that i get to have you as a friend I, (laughs) yay rebecca's my friend i know we've talked about a lot of things in this conversation and i i say this every time i record a podcast i'm like i wish we had three hours but we don't. So, you know, I know that you've talked about so many things that I can imagine people want to connect with you about. How can people get in touch with you? How can people get involved with Inkly or be supporting the work? What would you suggest for for all of that? How can can folks get in touch, but also, you know, support Inkly and the work that you're
2: doing? First and foremost, absolutely join the rainforest community. I can't, it was funny, we were joking the other day that, Um, we're like, who would say no to the social contract of rainforest Alberta? I mean, it's like, do you want to be a a great human? Okay, great. Sign this contract because that's really all you're asking people to do is to show up and be the best versions of ourselves in which we all want to help and support one another. And so yeah, join, join the rainforest community, sign the contract, Join the Inkly rainforest community and start diving in and seeing how you can get help and give help and support other people. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn, you can email me. I am very easy to get a hold of. I have, you know, an insane schedule like anybody does these days. But um I'm also like really responsive to, you know, people who want to dive in. And that's really what has made Inkly what it is today. We would never be here. The amount of people that have just put up their hand and said, How can I help? And and I think that's really the essence of what we're trying to create here with Rainforest Alberta as well is is the safety to ask for help, to offer help, and to support each other in in really inclusive ways. And I think that's you know something that, yeah, it really is it really is why I get up in the morning. And I think that there are so many people like that in the Alberta innovation ecosystem. So um, joining this upcoming pilot and, and participating really meaningful and, and really meaningfully. And as if you're a leader or consider yourself a leader in any way, not being afraid to ask, like that is, I think the thing we collectively as humans need to overcome. We've all had experiences being shut down asking. And I think that is the very core of what Inkly is asking people to do is to create safe space for that and to ask for what you need, because that is the only way you're going to find it is to actually put it out there and say, here's what I need. I'm looking for help with this or support with this or resources for this, whatever it may be. And and that's just the truth about all of us as human beings. We all need a little help to get where we're going next and asking for it is the first step.
1: So to close out, I'm going to put you on the spot here because we've been talking about questions, you know, so much in this conversation and curiosity and all of these you know, pieces that are part of what, who you are, but also part of like Inkly at the core. So my question for you is, is actually to have you pose a question to the audience. I'm curious, what do you want to, what do you want to end with? What question do you want to end with for those that are listening?
2: Ooh, I wish I'd been prepared for this one. (laughs) I love it when you catch me off guard.
1: This is rare, by the way, everybody, Rebecca is always prepared with something, but
2: what do you want to ask? That's okay. That's, I, I, love, I love being unprepared. It's actually kind of exciting. I'm like, oh, I got to come up with something good here. But uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is to ask people what questions they're afraid to ask. Like to ask yourself, what questions are you afraid to ask? Because I think that tells us a lot about where we are and, and what we need. And, and the follow-up to that is where might you ask those questions? And, you know, maybe it's Inkly, but maybe it's someone, you know, and maybe it's someone you can have a conversation with. But I think we all have questions we're afraid to ask. And I'm really hoping that Inkly feels like a safe space for people to ask those questions and and find what they need.
1: So to everyone out there, what questions are you afraid to ask and where might you? be able to ask those questions on that note, Rebecca, it is so much fun being able to connect with you and have this conversation. And I'm grateful that you took the time to hang out with me today and to have this conversation to share, not just about yourself, but about the impact that inkley is already having. And I'm excited to see where it goes so to all of you out there thank you for taking the two join us today and i encourage all of you to reach out and connect with rebecca and sven and the team at inkley and hop on board because the train is moving <laughs> so have a great day everybody and again remember come back to that question that we're wrapping up with what questions are you afraid to ask and where might you ask them have a good day everybody
0: if you haven't already visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. We build great custom software while bridging the gap between education and experience. New Idea Machine makes your ideas real.